Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. It's against my principles to buy a book I haven't read. It's like buying a dress you haven't tried on. Helene Hamp, 84 Charing Cross Road. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today I'm joined by my friend and frequent collaborator, Hunter McClendon, to talk all about personal libraries. What books do we buy? Which do we borrow? What titles stay on our shelves forever? And which ones make their way to the donation bin? Hi, Hunter. Hello. Oh my gosh, this is so, we were talking off air that this is so strange to not be in the same room and to not see each other, but we're doing our best. Yeah, this is, it's a, it, it's a new experience, but also like new experiences are good. They help you grow. That's right. Well, gosh, by the end of all of this, we will have grown so much, right? We'll be like 10 feet tall. Look, I thought you were the perfect person to talk to about this because you... Um, I was going to say work in a different realm of the book publishing industry. Would you consider your bookstagram work? Uh, I, honestly, at this point, <laughs> yes, it is. It is taxing, like not even because of what I do as far as like taking pictures and stuff and talking about books, but because of the demand of the people. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I work on the book selling side. You work, we'll call it like marketing PR through Bookstagram, and you're just yeah. a really avid reader. So you and I both have the opportunity to bring home a lot of books. And I also think you and I are both, if you had your choice between a bookstore or a library, where's your natural inclination? A bookstore. Yeah, that's what mine has always been. And and I want to be clear, I loved my library in Tallahassee when we lived there. Um, I was a devoted fan. So I don't think you have to choose bookstore or library, but I am very much a book buyer for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk to you because of your work in Bookstagram, because of the avid reader that you are, and because I feel like recently you have become the seeming, you've begun the seemingly impossible task of reorganizing your bookshelves. <laughs> It's a lot. It's overwhelming. <laughs> I feel like you have <laughs> books everywhere. <laughs> I have over a thousand for sure. I might have more than 2000, but I've stopped counting. Oh my gosh. How many do you think I have? I feel like we have had this conversation before. I don't really know how many books I own. I don't like, a it's lot. so funny because I feel like you have, you have a significant amount, but I actually feel like you kind of pare down a lot. I do. And frequently. And we can talk about that for sure because I, I feel like I frequently donate or get rid of or pare down. That was a great way to put it. Like I do frequently go through my books and kind of eliminate, partly because I bring so many home, mostly uh, yeah. ARCs. But but I want to talk about ARCs versus buying, you know, hardbacks or paperbacks. So deep breaths. Let's <laughs> talk about why you buy a book. Why do you buy a book? <laughs> okay, so the reason why I started buying books is very different from why I buy them now, but I started buying books because I had a $50 fine at the library. And I said, (laughs) um, I will never, I was like, I'm not going to pay that because I'm extra. And so I said, I, and so I bought enough books that equaled up $50. And I was like, well, there you go library, which is so rude of me, but it's fine. (laughs) Um, And then now I buy books 
because one, I love, I love the look of, I love them on my shelves. I just like to own them. I like to feel like they're part of me. And also because mm. sometimes I, I don't, I don't tear at books. I don't line them, but I like to have the opportunity to possibly do that one day in the future. <laughs> you are so careful with your books. And that is probably where you and I are very different uh, because yeah. you have seen my books and the other episode you and I are recording later is Anna Karenina and you would cringe at my copy oh, of Anna Karenina. I, listen, even in part two, I saw that little sliver of like cracked spine and could not breathe. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, okay. So I think originally when I started buying books, it was like what I spent my fun money on. So even as a kid, I remember going to the Tallahassee Barnes and Noble. Tallahassee at that time did not have an independent bookstore. And I bought books that were of interest to me. I think that quote I led with at the top of the episode is funny because I don't abide by that principle where I buy books only if I've read them. Mm -hmm. Um, because as a teenager and young adult, I definitely bought books I had not yet read. I bought books to support independent bookstores. I bought books because like you, I wanted them on my shelves. I like a house filled with books. Now I buy a book if I loved reading it as an ARC and I want to hold, you know, have the like, I don't know, first edition. It doesn't even matter to me if it's a first edition, but like I want the hardback book on my shelves mm -hmm. or I buy a book because I'm traveling and I want to support an independent bookstore or I'm in an airport. Those I think are the reasons I buy books anymore. I have discovered that a lot of my shelves now are filled with ARCs, um, but it's interesting. We're going to talk about why we keep certain ARCs and why we don't keep others. But do you go through your bookshelves often to pare down or no? I go through them often with the idea that I'll pare down. And um, actually, it's really funny because the other day, Tyler, my husband, the poor thing who is so overwhelmed with the, the books that are in our house. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get rid of so many books. And I got rid of like four. <laughs> that's how I am too to be fair I, I come in with the greatest of intentions like I come into the shelves and I'm like I it's almost like when I buy clothes I have a certain number of hangers and so I tell myself if I want this new item I have to get rid of a different item does that make sense so like so I can't good. bring in thanks I try to abide by that like I can't bring in more than I'm willing to get rid of I try to do the same thing with books but I will think to myself, oh, I don't want this book anymore. And when we moved, I thought this is the perfect time to like get rid of a lot of books. And instead, I wound up reading through them. And because I do write in my books, you know, mark pages, mm -hmm. um, write in the front, like when I first read it, what I liked or didn't like about it. And then my family I've discovered is really we give each other books a lot. So even like, like I found on my shelves the other day, chicken soup for the writer's soul. I was like, <laughs> what am I doing with this? Like, I got to get rid of this. And then I opened it and it was from my dad and like how he wanted me to be a writer when I grew up. And I was like, well, I'm never getting rid of this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, well, I have several, my, my granny gets me books from Walmart sometimes when she's just grocery shopping and they're <laughs> always awful books. They are the worst books. She, I, I will never read them. But I can't let them go because of that. Exactly. Yeah. They're just so personal. And even, okay, this is another thing I wanted to talk about. Are the books on your shelves, first of all, are the books that you have bought ones that you have read? Like, what's the percentage? Like, how many are 
wait, so how many have I? Yeah, like of the 100% of books you own, what percentage have you read? Um, I'd say about 80%. Okay. I think mine is pretty high too. I I would say between 80 and 90%. Okay. So I guess why why keep them? And like, do you keep ones you don't like? I guess that's my question. Do you keep books you don't like? Um, okay. So I, I actually, I make, I make all these reasons up in my head for, to, to keep books all the time. So I know I prepare myself for this. Um, I keep books that I say I don't like because Lauren Groff once said, if I read a book and I'm not liking it, half the time I'm, I assume it's me and that maybe I just need to come back at, to it later. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, that's me too. Like, it's not the book's fault. It's my fault. Um, or even, um, I think there's there's like one or two times that um, I really hated a book, but I read it like with, like with a friend or even like, I don't own Perfect Days, that book that you and you, me and uh, Rebecca read for Love It or Loathe It. I don't own that. But, oh, if yeah. I, but if I did own it, I wouldn't get rid of it, even, as, even though we all didn't like it. Because right. I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, memories. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't know that I have a ton of books on my shelf that I just absolutely loathed. Like, I don't know. I, I could look at my, if I turn around, you won't be able to hear me because I'm <laughs> recording right in front of my bookshelves. But um, I just don't think I own very many books that I hated. Well, but also, one, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say real quick. I also feel like you and I both have a really good idea of the type of books that we like. Yes. And so I don't true. think we, yeah, I don't think we spend a lot of time grabbing books that we're not gonna, do you know what I mean? Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah. I certainly, it's like finally discovering your style. Sorry, I keep going back to clothes, but I've done a lot of <laughs> online shopping in the past, <laughs> in the past month and a half. It's fine. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's like you find, once you find your style of clothes, you maybe make fewer mistakes in purchasing. Maybe that's mm-hmm. true. I may or may not have bought a tie-dye tank top recently. So maybe it's also not true. I don't know. Um, but I think you're right. Like I don't buy books typically that I don't enjoy. But like you, even if I did, I feel like my bookshelves, and it's like, it's the reason you hold on to chicken soup for the writer's soul. Like the books I have on my shelves show a picture of who I was at any given time and who I am now. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. They tell your story, I think. I think your shelves tell your story. In fact, did you see that New York Times piece this weekend about what celebrities' bookshelves tell say about uh, them did you see no this? but i wanted to i want to I, I haven't i will i will okay yeah it's good it's not as in-depth maybe as i was hoping they would go but it did like i think it was kate blanchett and um i don't know a whole bunch of other people i've enjoyed seeing what's on seth meyer's desk mm-hmm. and on his shelves so i don't know i look around and i see my mass market paperback versions of anne of green gables like all eight copies uh, are all eight in the series or whatever and i see like my dear america books and then my mom's um little house on the prairie books and i don't know i they just all the books on my shelves i could tell you where i was when i read it or who gifted it to me they tell they tell my story i guess Mm -hmm. and i do you feel that way absolutely and I also, it's so funny because I guess it, somebody the other day was like, they were talking about getting rid of books that they found out were problematic or 
like a lot of people got rid of JK Rowling after something happened on Twitter. And I said, I was like, I understand wanting to like purge things that you find, like go against, I like, I do get that. But Mm -hmm. when it comes like certain, like a lot of classics, you know, like now they like we've realized are not necessarily (laughs) like good, like as far as like that goes, but I had such a deep connection with those books that I, I can't like letting go of them is also trying to say, like it's not acknowledging a part of yourself that connected with it early on. Yeah. And I that's think right. The, I, yeah. You know, I, th- I mean, I think people have to do what is right for them, but I, it's hard for me to get rid of books based on maybe an author or even a plot line. You know, there are some books mm-hmm. you and I have talked about where we're like, you know what, reading that with a 2020 lens, I probably would not, enjoy it or endorse it as much as I did, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago, but it holds memories of five years ago. And so for that reason, I tend to keep things, I, you know, I tend to keep things on my shelf. Well, I was very quickly, I'll just say, um, whenever we were talking about the goldfinch and how we both loved it. And then we later realized there was problematic stuff, but you know, I, when I read that book, even the second time, just last, was it last year? Yeah. Like, yeah, I still didn't pick up on a lot of that stuff. And even recognizing it, I I won't get rid of it because it was a book that helped me through a certain grief that I was going through. And I I can acknowledge that there's like bad aspects and stuff. But so any type of book like that, you know, like it's like, yes, there's like problems and I maybe I may not like advertise it or like t- endorse certain aspects of it anymore, but I'm not going to get rid of it for my own collection because it still means something to me personally. Yeah. I think a lot of people right now, I could be wrong, but I think so many people, so many readers have come to the aid of independent bookstores for which people like me are extremely grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm guessing a lot of people are watching their personal libraries expand in ways maybe they were not anticipating. And so I'm wondering, as you have reorganized your shelves, kind of what your plan is for buying books in the year 2020? Like, what do you envision? Do you have a budget? Do you only buy books that you've read? Do you only buy books whose authors or the authors of which you admire? Um, Kind of what's your plan? And then how are you setting up your personal library? Because this is something I've been thinking about. You know, I moved and then did nothing with my books except my mother put them on the shelves. And I have not touched them since the day we moved in. But being at home more, I mean, not really. I Like you, I'm still going to work. But like this idea of quarantine has made me think maybe it's time to kind of organize and figure out. So I'm curious how you're organizing your books and as you're organizing them, which ones you're getting rid of and does it help you know, ooh, next time I'm at the bookshelf or next time I'm online, like I want to buy these books. Is that coming into your brain at all? So I, I, did, I will say as far as like, my choices on how I purchase books now, it is, yeah, like, you know, like auto buy authors, um, for sure. Who and, are your auto buy authors? Who do you oh, just automatically buy? Honestly, too many. Um, <laughs> but I realized, uh, like the other day I text, I texted Olivia instead of just like ordering online or like calling the store, I texted Olivia and I said, Hey, I don't own these first two books by Emma Straub. Um, <laughs> So can can we like get those? And she was like, sure, yeah, and, which is so rude, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Emma Straub, I love I love her for like a fun like quality light read. Um, yes, Gillian Flynn. Happy 
happy like, book what? birthday to her, by oh, the way. Yeah. Like her book came out this week, All Adults Here. Yeah, her new one. I need to read it. Um, oh, it's so good. Okay. I know. I saw, yeah, I know. I saw you. Read it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, there's so many. Uh, Akweke Amezi, who wrote uh, Freshwater and has a new book coming out in August, um, oh, yeah. which looks really good. Uh, Yad Jesse, uh, homegoing author. Yes. Yeah. So people like that, like, I mean, but Megan Abbott for sure. Um, like I would still buy, like I'd buy more Donna Tartt, Lauren Groff, obviously. Goes without saying. I was thinking, so this week I, and this took us down a rabbit trail, but I really am curious who you kind of automatically buy books by. I was thinking this week because Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld comes out Mm. In just a couple weeks. But I think originally it might have had a June release date. I'm not 100% sure about that. But I was not prepared that it was coming out so soon. And so I was toying around with it as like a shelf subscription option, whatever. And then I saw that the release date maybe changed. Regardless, I decided, oh, I don't know if I have time to read that as an arc. So instead, I'm just going to pre-order it like everybody else. Like she's an author I really like. Mm -hmm. And it still fills me with like kind of this giddiness to be able to pre-order books like a non-bookstore owner. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I, like Olivia even offered, I think she was like, I can download, cause I don't do eBooks very much. And Olivia was like, I can download the eBook for you if you want to read it this weekend. And I said, Oh, I'll think about that. And then I wound up reading something else. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to wait till this book comes out just like everybody else, because <laughs> I I'm excited about the release date. like, And I got excited again. And so Curtis Sittenfeld, I think, is one of those authors. For me, um, Emma Straub, I think I own all of hers. Um, Madeline Lingle, I think I own a lot of hers. I don't think I own them all. Shauna Nequist, weirdly, like I still love her books. Like, So there's a wide range of different authors um, whose, whose work I have on my shelves. And then you mentioned Yaa Jossi. Is that how you pronounced her last name? I just say yeah. it differently every time. Okay. <laughs> well, I loved Homegoing. And so I'm very excited about her new book. So like you, there are authors who I kind of have on my radar that when they have a new book coming out, I don't just want that as an arc. I want that like in the hardback form. I think I Miss You When I Blink is one that I had as an arc. And now I have it as a hardback. Like these are books that I, I don't know. I want them I want them in their most beautiful format. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's funny because the other day somebody was talking, because on Bookstagram, there's a big thing about people always wanting advanced reader copies. And I and I was, and they were like, oh, I just really want this book because I love this author. And I said, you know, honestly, I'd rather have books that I'm not sure if I'm going to love them as ARCs. Mm-hmm. Because I know that I'll I'll buy these other ones. So I'm not worried about whether or not I get it sooner or later. Oh, that's a great point. That's an absolutely great point. Okay, so I distracted you, but those are your auto buy authors. So tell me kind of how you're organizing your shelves and what it's teaching you about your book buying habits. Um, so I've realized that I buy a lot of books for children that I do not yet have. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel like sure. says so much about me as a person that I'm just like, well, for my four children, I plan on having like triplet girls. It's fine. Um <laughs> Um, with very weird names but yeah but I buy a lot of books for them Um, I buy books that I want Tyler to read and they're just so but all these books are I have all these books that are organized and I have a shelf that's for books for my future children 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a poetry shelf. I have a whole bookcase that is short fiction. Um, and then I have like my, and by nonfiction, I don't organize anything alphabetically. Um, but my not, but a lot of my, like, uh, my memoirs and stuff or my essay collections, I have those in as authors in conversation, which is something that you inspired me to do. Oh, um, yeah, it's true. It's true. But like even now, so I'm contemplating going back to organizing my books by color if mm-hmm. for no other reason than just to, I don't know, have a little project that it's not that is bookshelf related because it's my bookshelves. Ha ha ha. But it's not bookstore bookshelf related. <laughs> so, so I've been thinking about doing that again. Cause I actually really liked that. Um, I liked how it looked. I thought it was fun. And because they were organized by color for a period of time, I did have these books that maybe ordinarily would not be beside each other on the shelves, but serendipitously they found themselves next to one another. And I do think books deserve to be in conversation with other books. So, um, I like, I love that idea. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess I like, I think that, um, it's funny because people get weird about the whole color thing. Yes. Um, but I think that that's actually, I like, like you said, I think that's such a fun option. And, yeah. and I also, I don't know, I've literally reorganized my books multiple different ways. I probably organize them once every two or three months, which is excessive. Um, oh, but the, honestly, Hunter, that also feels very you. <laughs> and I, I think it's fun to kind of look and reevaluate and books make us happy. They're, they're, you know, I don't know what you collected as a child. I collected um, rocks for a period of time. I was very into science and I had a science teacher aunt. And so she helped me collect rocks. Um, my brother collected um, Pokemon cards and you know, one of our elderly friends of our family collected stamps. So I feel like books kind of can fall into this category too of things we curate and collect over time. And I'm not a person who collects like first edition books or although gosh, now I am on the hunt for like a copy of an old fashioned girl, like an old copy um, (laughs) because it's not a pretty book in new format. Um, But anyway, I'm not somebody who like collects books in that sense. I'm not an antique book collector. But I do think, I don't know, going through your shelves and kind of reorganizing and and seeing what you have and taking stock of what you have, that's a lovely, that's a lovely hobby, actually, I think. Yeah. And I will say I have actually had the same dream for my library since I was seven years old. Because when I was younger, you know, I like, I mean, I like we didn't really have much money for a, a lot of things. And so like if it wasn't really kind of essential, then we didn't really have it. And when I was younger, I thought to myself, when I'm older, I'm going to have like the biggest personal library and it's going to have all of the award-winning books, all of the classics, you know, all the books that I love. And so when I got, when I turned 18 and I started kind of buying books, whenever I finally got my own, like more of my own money, um, I was buying all of the classics and all of the books that won the National Book Award and the Pulitzer. And I still do that now. Aww. I love that. Is that something that goes back to you? I don't know, the early years of you. I think that's really cool because that's something I know about you as an adult that like, yeah, it's like the Oscars for you every book awards season. <laughs> it is. And it's so funny because I literally, like we were talking about this earlier, but the Pulit- the Pulitzer, Pri- the Pulitzer Prize for like all that stuff came out today. And yes, technically I predicted all three. They weren't my top three choices, but I predicted all of them. 
That was very impressive, honestly. Very impressive. I'm thrilled with uh, the fiction winner. I'm absolutely thrilled. The only one I think I need to read is The Topeka School. I had not read it. I haven't read it. I, like, I didn't, it wasn't even on my, it was on my radar, but I just kept thinking, oh, it's a possibility, but I'm not super interested, but now I am because it's a finalist. But Shout out to the Nickel Boys. Super excited. It's so good. And, like, people, some people were, like, saying they didn't like it online today. And I was like, no, no, no. Step back. <laughs> no, I oh I love it so much. And, and which okay, that brings me to he's an author who I I think I always want his books on my shelves. Tell me, let's look back at the last gosh, what month is this? We're in May. Last five months of 2020. Tell me what books you have bought, like physically bought in the last few months. Um, have I bought have I bought? Yeah. Uh, I think um, I know you bought at least one thing because I think you did curbside pickup at the bookshelf. I did. Well, I've yeah, I've ordered stuff from the book. Oh, I ordered um, a, I ordered a Penguin Classics Deluxe Edition of uh, Dubliners by James Joyce from the bookshelf. Um, yep. And then I also like I I like drove I like drove down to Thomasville and I like called and I was like, hey, um, do you and I, I and poor Ashley Sherlock, your cousin who is so lovely <laughs> um, and one of my besties. I was like, hey, I was like what books do you guys have? And she's like, um, okay. Uh, but I, I ended up getting Deacon King Kong, which I still oh, haven't yeah. read. But, um, I've only read part of it. It sounds good though. It's so um, good. But um, I truly quarantine has changed my reading life in ways I did not anticipate. I think. No, I feel you. I feel you. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't think I've bought like hardly any books. Oh, that's impressive. I So I was thinking about this question for myself. I bought Handle with Care, which is a Christian nonfiction book, but I specifically remember like I bought that book when it came out. It was one I was very curious about and I wanted, I knew I wanted a physical copy. I am trying to think what I have physically bought in the last, oof, in the last year. I bought a copy of The Dearly Beloved because it was one of my favorite books of 2019. So I wanted a physical copy. And it was another one that I, I think part of it too is if whether or not I get the ARC of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking to see what else is on my shelf that I've purchased. Um, I will say this is not one I bought, but today I did a big, I got rid of a lot of, I say a lot, I think I got rid of about um, 10 or 12 ARCs that I knew I wasn't going to get to because it would just had gotten too overwhelming. Like today I had one of those moments where I was like, stuff has to go. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't, I have to give up on spring titles and now focus on summer and summer reading guide and all that stuff. Um, but one of the ARCs that stayed was Southern book club's guide to slaying vampires. I was like, I liked that one enough where I actually want it on my shelf. So that's an example of an ARC I got recently where I, what didn't want to get rid of it, even though often with an ARC, I will read it and then share it. I'll either donate it or I'll put it in a little free library or whatever. Um, so that's another example. And then I also bought a copy of From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basilie Frankweiler because I discovered I don't have my childhood copy. So I bought a copy. So those are the things that I have kind of bought in the last, oh, I don't know, month or two. I also bought a beautiful copy of the, I think you saw it, the beautiful paper cut copy of little women. Yeah. I bought that. Yeah. Uh. I bought that because I finally was like, you know what? I'm 34 years old. My copy of little women is the mass market paperback. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite books of all time. I should own a pretty copy. So I bought that one. 
I do love that. There's so many cute additions that have been out recently, especially because of the movie. Yes, that yes. And not all of them. Okay, Olivia and I were talking about this, the rifle paper company, Mm. they put out, you know, they have these beautiful puffin in bloom classics. And the Little Women one is great, but um, hard to read. And even the paper cut, the pretty seasons copy I got, I love, but obviously I will never be able to read that version of Little Women. And so I feel a little weird sometimes about pretty books like that, where I'm like, wait a minute, I love to read my books. Um, But that's one example of a pretty book I bought just because it was pretty. Oh no, there's plenty of like, I I literally have two or three copies of some books that I thought, oh, this is a gorgeous edition. I'll never be able to actually open this up and read it. <laughs> but I want yeah. it on my shelf. Well, so. and I I decorate with books too. So like that copy mm-hmm. of Little Women is like on top of my piano on a little easel right now. And so, and it brings me a lot of joy. So I feel good about it. But yeah, it is not one that I will ever like crack open and read. And the right. only other books... I have maybe bought in the last six months are books from when I traveled. So I bought um, a couple of books when I went to Prince Edward Island, like a year ago when I went to London, I bought some books there. And so that's my other thing is books in my personal library are often from other bookstores I have wanted to support or from places I have been. And that's, that's true of my purchased books as well um of the books on your shelves right now and then we can kind of wrap up but i'm curious because of how many arcs you get um through bookstagram and through your work you do there how many books on your shelf are like new whether it's paperback or hardback or how many of them are arcs how many are arcs like all together how many like new uh, unread ones or like new ones are arcs no like how many like of the books that you own on your shelves in your personal library, what percentage are arcs? Oh, at this point, a little, probably around a hundred. Yeah, yeah, like a hundred titles. Yeah, yeah. Mine. I was looking at my shelves the other day, and I was like, "Gosh, I keep a lot of arcs. Not all of them, um, because I think I finally, I don't know. I've owned the bookshelf for a few years now, and so mm. I think I've learned like I cannot keep all the books that." Um, that I read. Uh, but I do keep a good percentage. You noticed one on my shelf. Gosh, I can't remember what it was, but you noticed one on my shelf this last time you came over probably a month ago. Well, two months now, maybe. Um, and you were like, why'd you keep this one? And I was like, I really don't know. And so I took it off. Like I was like, (laughs) I was like, he's right. I didn't really love this book. So I put it in my donation pile, like, because I thought about it and I was like, I don't really know why that one's still on my shelf. So it's nice to have friends who know you too. No, yeah, I like. I will say, I've. Um, everyone knows this. I've like been like a stalker for you for years, and so <laughs> I pay way too close attention. <laughs> you just walked right in and you looked. I I thought it was so funny, and I was like, I actually don't know why I kept that book, but I have like I kind of take pride in some of the ARCs I have. Like, um, I still have my ARC from Waiting for Tom Hanks, which was a book mm-hmm. I adored. I still have my ARC of Normal People, and I actually loved that cover way more than the cover that came out, and so. Was that was very exciting to me. Uh, yeah, the blue. Yeah, I like that one better too. Yeah, I just didn't like the, is it the, was it the, what was that? Sardines? What was that? Like a tin of something? Oh, I, I like remember. that one better than, there's the other one that was the green and blue cover. I didn't like that one that much. That's the one I didn't like. The sardine one was the British edition, I think, or yes. the Europe, European edition. I still have my ARC of Beartown, which was a book I really liked. You, oh, another book I bought recently that was utterly delightful was Our Stop, um, 
which is just a little rom-com book, but I love that. I bought the big collection of Nora Ephron, but my ARC of Untamed I kept because I underlined it all over the place. So like I keep an ARC that like I kind of wear to death. Does that make sense? Like I know that I want to look back and reference it. Yeah. And I do actually, I will just say this side note as speaking of ARCs, I love your, I love borrowing your ARCs um, for books <laughs> that you love because I, I sometimes feel like I'll miss things, but whenever I read one of yours, I can see everything that you loved about it. And then I love that even more. Yeah. That's the beauty too of borrowing books. Like my family does that a lot where we change, we share books with each other. And it is fun to see what the other person really read and loved or what your past self read and loved. I mean, I think that's why I still like marking in my books. Um, Even today for the quote that I used at the top of the episode. So I listened to 84 Charing Crossroad a year ago when I came back from London. Um, But I loved that book so much that I bought it. So I bought a copy from the bookshelf and now it's on my shelves. And when I wanted a quote for today's episode, I went straight to my bookshelves and opened up that book and found the quote. Like there is something, I think there is something lovely about having this little collection of things that make you who you are. Is I That's the only way I know how to describe it. Like it's not just that I love to read, which I obviously do, but it's that all these books, like Jordan has even said before, um, weirdly, he just finished To Kill a Mockingbird for the very first time. Uh, <laughs> and he's reading he's reading Ghost Set a Watchman, which very unpopular opinion. I I really appreciated that book and and liked that book. And he's re- and he is seeing my notes, like you just said. And he mm-hmm. looked up from reading it yesterday and he was like, There's so much of these book characters where I discover parts of you. And like when we watch the Little Women movie, like he real like there are bits of me from all these books that I've read and and loved, and some are super obvious, like Joe March or Scout, but but others are just, I don't know, people who have shaped my way of thinking and my worldview. That's why I like to buy books and keep them on my shelves and put them on my mantle um, because they're little bits of me everywhere. I don't know. Maybe that's narcissistic. <laughs> no, I, that's, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this kind of, I just kind of wanted to have a rambly conversation about what our bookshelves look like and how we buy books in a world where you and I are fortunate and lucky enough to also be given free books yeah. <laughs> um, and kind of how we balance that. But um, I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see your bookshelves in person one day. <laughs> uh, I know the dream. <laughs> the dream. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at BookshelfTville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing, and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Hidden Valley Road by Robert Kolker. It's the new nonfiction, I think, Oprah Book Club book. It is outstanding. I have loved it so far. Um, Hunter, what are you reading? I um, just finally started Writers and Lovers by Lily King. (gasps) I am obsessed. Do you love it? So good. 
I knew you would. Oh, that makes me so happy. Okay. Yay. (laughs) If you liked what you heard on today's episode, you can tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly shelf life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic and receive free shipping on all your online orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.